Hello, and welcome to the Broadway Binge Podcast. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Hannah. And we are going to tell you the history of American musical theater by reviewing and ranking all of the most important musicals from Showboat to today. Today we'll be talking about Carousel. Hmm. Opened in 1945 with music by Richard Rogers, book and lyrics by Oscar Hammerstein, directed by Ruben Mamoulian, and choreographed by Agnes DeMille. And you'll notice that's the exact same team from Oklahoma, which we talked about two weeks ago. So we're not going to need to go into extreme biographical detail about them this time. Luckily, we can sort of go more right into the show itself. Skim right over that. Uh, Hannah, what's your familiarity with Carousel? Oh, boy. Um, let's see. I saw Carousel, I think, when I was in high school. Um, I think I saw a community theater production. It did not make a, a strong impression on me. Um, we both spent some time with the film from what year? 1956. 1956 film. And I'm very familiar with the song um, Mr. Snow. That's oh. the actual total, uh, title of it. Um, when, when I Marry Mr. Snow. When I Marry Mr. Snow, because I really enjoyed Jesse Mueller's version of it. Whoa, well look what I happen to have queued oh, up on YouTube. We, we didn't even work YouTube. this out in advance. Wow. We just both found this YouTube video <laughs> independently and felt... So I just have to say, Jesse Mueller's probably my favorite um, actress on Broadway right now. I'd say she's pretty magical. Yeah, I saw her in Waitress and Beautiful, the Carol King musical, and she's... Unbelievable. I even have tickets actually already. Carousel is reopening on Broadway in 2018. I think that's a highly questionable move on the uh, on the part of Broadway producers. We're showing our hand. But I have I have my ticket anyway because I love Jesse Mueller and um, she's going to be playing Julie. Um, also, maybe a questionable move on her part. Correct. But, but I guess, hey, when people are offering you to be the star of a Broadway show, like you can't really say no to that. Yeah, I hear that. And um, that being said, like I just really love her take on Mr. Snow, uh, which is not Julie. Yeah, Julie's role. We're going kind of out of like usually we don't play clips until later, but like what the hell? Well, um, what the hell? This you is know? this is such a good. Um, Here we are. Oh. All right, this is Jesse Mueller singing about Mr. Snow, um, and no matter what your opinions of this musical are, it's impossible not to like this song when Jesse Mueller sings it. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll mention, uh, so basically there's the main couple, Julie and uh, Billy Bigelow, um, <laughs> and he's an abusive husband, mm -hmm. um, all-around terrible man, and then there's a secondary couple of uh, Julie's friend who's in love with like this very boring businessman named uh, Mr. Snow, who's, like, kind of a jerk, but then also kind of, like, funny comic relief. Right. And, like, maybe actually not a jerk. Like, maybe he's just super judgmental for good reason, because Billy actually is the worst. Unclear. Unclear. Um, he's kind of mean to the daughter unnecessarily later. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Anyway, first, let's just listen to Jesse Mueller's beautiful voice, which, just from listening to Beautiful and Waitress, you think she has sort of, like, a rock, mm -hmm. like, uh, Natasha Bedingfield smoky mm -hmm. kind of voice. You wouldn't realize she has this beautiful vibrato and can hit these notes. But here we go. I'll, like, try to skip to a good part. I don't know if I chose a good part. No, this is great. Come on, that's adorable. Okay, that was a good note. All right, we'll skip ahead. Okay. We'll skip ahead. We'll skip ahead. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. where, where is this? Is this like the very end we're thinking? Eh. Sure. I could just listen to this all day. We yeah. should probably, we should probably <laughs> stop. Huh. One more. 
All right, fine. I will say it is impossible to watch this video of Jesse Mueller singing about Mr. Snow and not be utterly in love with both her and with Mr. Snow. So um, I recommend it highly, whatever your opinions on Carousel yeah, are. You know, I, th I think actually she might fix, and I think Joshua Henry is playing yeah. Billy Bigelow. It's possible they'll fix, they'll fix the show. They might fix it. Like, I don't know if the directors are going to do anything to make the show less problematic, <laughs> but they might fix it just by being likable. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, anyway, okay, okay. We're, getting, we're putting the cart ahead of the horse here. All right, here we go. So tell me about Carousel, Jeremy. Okay, yeah, so... with some of that history you're known so well for. Um, so... During 1943, when Oklahoma was a huge hit, changed Broadway forever, um, Rodgers and Hammerstein... Now, Oklahoma was produced by the Theater Guild at the time, and there were some producers of the Theater Guild, uh, Teresa Helbrun and Lawrence Langner. And uh, the two of them would meet with Rodgers and Hammerstein twice a week, um, or once a week, and they had like lunch, and they called it the Gloat Club, because I guess they were gloating over Oklahoma being great. And they were pressuring Rodgers and Hammerstein to do a new musical based on this play called Lilium. Um, now let's talk about Lilium. Lilium okay. was a 1909 play from Hungary. It took place in Budapest by the playwright Ferenc Molnar. It might be Mjolnar or Molnar. I don't exactly know how to pronounce it, but Ferenc Molnar. Um, it wasn't a huge hit, mm. but then um, Ferenc Molnar revived Lilium around uh, World War I time, and it became a huge hit in Budapest. There was a translation for America, and then that also became a huge hit. The American translation was by Benjamin Barney Glazer, but there was a rumor that um, Hart uh, from Rogers and Hart actually translated it, but that seems to me like it's probably a false rumor. Interesting. Um, like if it was true, I feel like we would know by it. It just seems, I'm, I'm skeptical of it. Skeptical. Like, okay. Yeah, it's, I feel like it's the same thing as the people who say Shakespeare mm -hmm. wasn't written by him, which I know me and Hannah like hate those rumors. <laughs> we have lots of thoughts about that. We've but actually never once spoken about this, but I just knew. We, you knew in your heart. I knew we, without even asking that you hate the people who say Shakespeare wasn't written by I Shakespeare. I mean, I think that there's, okay, sidebar. Um, I think, I just worked on a production of Pericles, and I do think Pericles was not entirely written by Shakespeare, because you can literally hear it in the play. Um, and I do think his plays were written collaboratively, but oh, I yeah. don't think that Shakespeare didn't exist. Yeah, oh, I mean, I think some people think he exists, but he was just some, like, lame guy right. who, like, a, another person was handing him scripts, but, right. like, that's yeah. that's pretty discredited. I just simply don't agree with that. Yeah, that's, Although, yeah. apparently Mark Rylance isn't big on the theory that Shakespeare wrote all his plays. Well, does he think that Shakespeare just collaborated? This is really, this is really shocking me at core, because Mark Rylance is my favorite <laughs> actor, and I'm... <laughs> I don't know how to deal with this. Honestly, like, Carousel is such a strange musical. I feel that it is fitting that our podcast today just, you know, we say what we want. We say yeah. what we feel in the moment. Yes, yeah, so we, ha we, we hate Carousel. <laughs> we hate Carousel. We hate Carousel. Um, okay, yeah. So, anyway. so, so more about Lilium. So it was this old play, and the, the, the plot of Lilium is very similar to the plot of Carousel. And uh, basically there's this jerk uh, carnival barker who, like, uh, this young innocent girl falls in love with him. They both lose their jobs and get married. Um, and he beats her, or at least in the in the musical, he just he claims he slapped her only one time. Mm -hmm. Everyone calls him a wife beater, but he's like, oh, I only slapped her once, like, as if that's better. Anyway, yeah. mm -hmm. um, and then he dies because he like tries to like he gets her pregnant, wants to steal money to like help raise the kid instead of getting an honest job that like at least in the musical, Mr. Snow offered him an honest job and he turned it down. Mm -hmm. So how dare you be like, oh, I have to go steal my, okay, whatever. Um, back to Lilium. So in <laughs> so in Carousel, he dies in right. this robbery. Um, mm -hmm. In Lilium, it was a suicide. He commits suicide when the robbery goes wrong. In Doesn't he stab himself? Well, so in Carousel, he falls, I, 
Well, so in the movie, he falls on his own knife. In the stage right. show, I think it might also be that he kills himself. Yeah, unclear. Just like, like, in the Wikipedia summary, uh, which he kills I consulted, um, he kills himself. Like, he sort of stabs himself okay. on purpose. Okay, so then in Lilium and in the Carousel stage show, he kills himself on purpose when the mm. robbery goes wrong. In the movie, they wanted to make it less extreme, so he mm. falls on his knife. Worth noting, um, similar methodology to... Uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, bad guys. The bad guys falling on their knives was like the Rodgers and Hammerstein version <laughs> of, of Disney animated villains falling to their deaths. Oh, that's good. Like they're that's like good, they're always like hanging on to the ledge, and the hero decides like I'm gonna save like I'll save the villain, right. but then like it doesn't work, and the right. villain falls to their death. We're talking Scar. We're talking Gaston. Mm-hmm, we're talking mm-hmm. the guy in Up. He falls oh, off a right. blimp. And there's there's more examples I'm forgetting, but that's like a big. It's the more, it's the less bloody version of falling on your own knife accidentally. Yeah, I mean that's good. It's sort of like I don't know, killed by your own sins or something, right? I don't. Yeah, know. We no, could, definitely. We, we could read into yeah, it. Yeah, it, it allows the bad guy to die and get them out of the way without the hero's hands being tarnished. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And Disney, it, it works even better in Disney because Disney, the hero, always actually attempts to save the villain, and then the villain right. falls to their own death. Right. Well, and, Disney yeah. doesn't want us. Uh, doesn't want to. I think. Uh, co-sign on murder in any form yeah it seems like but yeah, um, for sure Carousel I don't know if I want to give them that much credit um, so he goes to heaven not heaven he goes to purgatory right. goes to purgatory and then God or, or like the sort of God figure up in purgatory is like I will let you return to earth for one day mm-hmm. to try to do good and if you do good I'll let you go to heaven um, so he comes back his daughter um, who has been born after his death has been bullied her whole life because everyone makes fun of her because her dad was like mean and a, a, a wife beater. Mm-hmm. So he goes back to you know help his daughter, and he tries to give her a star from heaven, <laughs> but she doesn't want to take it. Um, so, Who wrote this? So he slaps his daughter. <laughs> and in the original Hungarian play, Lilium, he slaps his daughter, and then God or, or the angel or whoever is like, well, now you have to go to hell. <laughs> you blew it. And then Rogers and Hammerstein were like, we can fix this. Instead of going to hell, he does slap his daughter, <laughs> But instead, he's then going to get another chance. So as a ghost, he goes to his daughter's graduation where a random doctor gives an inspiring speech about how you should like be a good person. <laughs> and then he whisk- goes up to his daughter's <laughs> ear and whispers, listen to him. Listen to him. <laughs> and then the daughter, who I guess was daydreaming, starts listening to the inspirational listen speech. <laughs> so the daughter was like, so it's not even like Billy Bigelow does anything. Yeah. He just tells the daughter to listen to the guy who's already talking to the daughter. And then it's like, okay, now you did a good deed. And so I guess he gets to go to heaven. Yeah. All right. So to that end, um, <laughs> Jeremy, if you could play for us. The clip. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> we have a clip of uh, the portion of, the, of the, the, the film directly after he slaps his daughter, where uh, da- the daughter runs inside, uh, brings out Julie, uh, you know, Billy's wife. Uh, or wife? Do they ever get married? Yeah, they do. They, they are do married. married. They're married, um, right? Okay. And, and they're they're married and both unemployed and like living <laughs> off the good graces of Julie's cousin because not because like Billy can't get a job because he refuses he to refuses. take a job. <laughs> right. So after um, uh, Julie comes out, uh, she has a really really uh, uh, troubling conversation with her daughter that we just want to play for you. We're gonna play for this in full. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. All right. So he slapped her. She's uh, run back outside with her mother. Julie, looking for him. I didn't make it up, Mother. Honest, there was a strange man here, and he hit me hard. I heard the sound of it, Mother, but it didn't hurt. It didn't hurt at all. It was just as if he kissed my hand. Go into the house, Louise. What's happened, Mother? Don't you believe me? No. I believe you. 
Then why don't you tell me why you're acting so funny? <laughs> it's gonna get worse. It's nothing, darling. Here it comes. But is it possible, Mother, for someone to hit you hard like that? Real loud and hard. And not hurt you at all? No! It is possible. No! For someone to hit you. No! Hit you hard. Why would you say that? And it not hurt at all. What the? God damn it. No, they're like hugging. Hug. They're hugging they're like, hugging like, about like it. she just learned a valuable life lesson that like <laughs> it's okay to be hit by your your husband. No, this isn't good. Also, we're not in any way belittling um, the issue of spousal abuse here. Yeah, like um, we're we're laughing because, because like we it's don't know because we can either laugh or cry. It's like, terrible. It's just terrible. It's just oh man, I can't believe that this exists. So so I asked you at the beginning of this what your experience with the carousel is. Right. Actually, until I watched this movie uh, yeah. with my girlfriend a few days ago, I had never seen it yeah. because. You know, usually when you, like, learn musicals as a kid, especially these old Rodgers and Hammerstein ones, it's because your parents showed them. And my parents would show me and my siblings every Rodgers and Hammerstein musical just about in the movie form. Right. Um, but they never showed us Carousel. And I always felt like, you know, Carousel, like, it's a famous show. Like, like why didn't we see it? And the reasoning for not showing it to us was, like, that my parents didn't like it. <laughs> like, this isn't even, like, a new 2017 thing <laughs> that, like, you're not supposed to, like... Hit your what? Like, like what, what? Carousel actually got some bad reviews in 1945. Like this encourages hitting your wife. Like people even in the 40s oh, were like, this is not good. So like I think like my grandparents didn't like it. I think it's probably why my mom didn't like it, and my mom and dad didn't like it, so they didn't show it to me. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm not gonna show this to my kids either. I mean, I don't know. Okay, so like let's talk about this. Like what were they doing, right? Like I was reading um, about how. Um, the writing team was worried. They knew whatever they came up with after <clears throat> Oklahoma was going to get compared to Oklahoma and probably be um, reviewed unfavorably. So do they think they were just like, well, screw it. Like, we're just going to make this terrible show. I, I think... <laughs> That's I, probably not true. No, but, but people loved but honestly, it. No, I no, mean, no, no. Carousel was a huge hit. I mean, I mentioned that some people didn't like the wife-beating part even then. Mm. But for some reason, I mean, Lilium, the reason they based it off the play Lilium is that Lilium right. was a massive hit in America. Um, and Carousel was a huge hit too. Like some people, a lot of critics liked it even more than Oklahoma because they're like, you know, Oklahoma set the stage. It was an integrated musical dance, you know, like uh, pl everything was all integrated and Carousel did that as well, but was even more serious of a topic. Yeah, right. I mean, so sure. Like it, it really almost, not, it's not quite a melodrama because I guess that's just the style of the time. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, the, the style of Carousel, it's worth noting, is um, a little heightened, um, extremely dramatic, right? We have like extended scenes, a lot of emotionality. Um, I would say it lives in a, an emotionally serious place um, in a way that, for example, Pal Joey certainly does not. Um, yeah, and Pal Joey was pretty emotionally serious even for its time. Right. Um, yeah, so like, here's some excerpts from reviews of Carousel at the time. Okay, great. So John Chapman, Daily News. One of the finest plays I have seen, oh, and I shall up. remember it always. Shut up. It has everything the professional theater can give really? it. Really? And something besides. Heart, integrity, oh. an inner glow. An inner glow. Um, one might expect another Oklahoma, but one shouldn't. The older work is bright, lean, and gay, a musical comedy. Carousel is tender, rueful, almost tragic, and does not fit the pattern of musical comedy. Okay, whatever. Um... <laughs> Everyone likes it. I can't um, believe this. Robert Garland of Journal American says, yes, yes, a thousand times yes, exclamation oh, mark. Oh, get out. When somebody writes a better musical play than Carousel, Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein will have to write it. True. I mean, they, yeah. they are the ones who did the next. But there were already better ones. This was not the best musical of all time. It was not as good as Oklahoma. I, here's one. I suppose uh, this is by Louis, uh, Louis Cronenberger. I suppose a comparison between the two shows is inevitable. 
It is hardly, however, profitable. The two shows are not enough alike. The high spirits of Oklahoma, the meadow freshness of it at its best, its fetching qualities as a show, have no, no counterpart in Carousel, nor does Carousel have the same succession of tunes that quickly sing themselves into your memory. Oh, but, then, but then he immediately after that says, but Carousel has, for me, more charm. I don't understand. I don't understand. All right, let's talk about this. So... Um, what do you think people were so charmed by in Carousel? I don't know. And, and you know what? The crazy thing for me is even before the hitting starts, I thought it was really boring. I mean, I wonder if... Okay, here's a theory. Carousel, right? We hear Carousel. We think of the graphic for Carousel. We think of the bright colors, right? Mm -hmm. um, we think of a Carousel as a, a joyride, um, as a fun time, as a light time. Um, all the things that a Carousel connotes, right? But actually, it's a story about bad people doing bad things to each other, essentially. Um, and it doesn't really end happy. Um, and so I wonder, I don't know, I just certainly don't want to be making a case for Carousel being an excellent show, but I wonder if uh, that was interesting to people at the time. Yeah, and maybe like, I mean, even today marriages can be like violent, and I guess back then marriages were probably even more violent, so there are probably a lot of people in the audience who like, for their own sanity, had to convince themselves that, like their violent marriages know. were the norm, and they had to convince themselves that like there was nothing wrong with their marriage because like, the alternative that there was something wrong with their marriage was something they didn't want to think about. So any musical that sort of says, like, it's possible to have an abusive yeah. marriage that still is loving and good right. reassured people that, like, their own shitty marriage, like, was I mean, do we think okay? it's arguing for that? Do we think that's the case the show's making? Because I, I wonder. Know. I can't tell if we're supposed to be sympathizing with Billy. I, I suppose we are because he's uh, the protagonist. We spend the most time with him. We see him in purgatory at the end of the show. Um... But, I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about it being done again today, and, like, is that really the case we're going to be making in this show? I mean, up until the moment when that scene we played for you where it's like, is it possible for there to be a slap and it feels like a kiss? Up until that moment, the musical seems unambiguously against Billy and that he's a terrible person, and the whole idea seems that he needs to reform himself right. and that him slapping his daughter was a massive step backwards, mm. and then the way he ultimately redeems himself is by whispering, listen to him twice. <laughs> That's, like, the ultimate redemption for him. But... It's weird because up until the point where they're like going, like making goo goo eyes at each other about like his like wonderful slap, um, like it doesn't. The show isn't glorifying Billy. I mean, I don't know. I kind of would argue maybe it is. Like he's planning this big robbery. Um, I think we want Julie to continue to fall in love with him because that's the form of the show, right? Even after he continues to do bad things, um, Billy is uh, planning a robbery, uh, which may involve the murder of Julie's old old boss. That's sort of a mm -hmm. plot point. And I feel like we're still supposed to sympathize with him. I mean, he's sort of like a, an anti-hero in that way. Mm -hmm. um, which is fine. Like, I'm here for that. But I don't know. Um, there's something almost... This is a probably a terrible comparison to make, but I'm thinking of, like, Twilight and, like, the romanticization oh. <laughs> of, like, uh, you know, falling in love with these bad suitors who want to do you yeah. harm. Um, and I think... I don't know. Maybe we should no, talk yeah. about the, the subplot with... Um, uh, Julie's best friend. Yeah, we should. Uh, yeah, first, it's just I, I have to I, sh I have to shamefully admit that I purchased all four Twilight <laughs> books um, in the post that post two thousand seven post Harry Potter thing where like everyone in like we junior were, high we, and high school we needed, it. we needed the next thing and Twilight was clearly being billed as the next thing so we had to we had to read it, dear listeners. Yeah, we like did. We, we had did. we had to. We you couldn't not um, at the time. Um, so yeah, so um, the friend. Um, actually, weirdly similar to Porgy and Bess, uh, right. this is a, a patented Broadway binge observation you only mm, get here, mm -hmm. that in both Porgy and Bess and this show, they, in the halfway through the show, everyone in town goes to an island to have a little what? party. 
the villain like sings a call and response song with everyone, and the other one it was it ain't necessarily so. Right. This time it's the evil robber guy singing uh, the the clam bake song. Or no, it's not the clam bake. Or yeah, no, he sings the clam bake song. Mm. Um, and then um, someone like kind of rapes someone. Um, not like, that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. These old shows... Okay, anyway, continue, continue. Well, that was, oh, so you want to talk about her relationship with Mr. Snow? Well, I mean, I, we should touch on it. We should touch on that, I think. Like, um, the- so Mr. Snow, for me, is the only good part of the show. Here are the notes I took in the movie when uh, Mr. Snow came uh, out for the first <laughs> wait, wait, time. I want to read this one. Um, Jeremy has a, uh, some notes he took on the film. Uh, subject heading Mr. Snow, first bullet point, what a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> then he's the only interesting part so far. Uh, I want to know more about this relationship and not the shitty abusive one. Uh, great, you can continue. What made, <laughs> what made him the way he is? And then I said, Bill, you piece of shit, will you ever take a fucking job? Um, I'm going to label this episode explicit great. because it, it deserves it. Um, yeah, it probably does. Children um, shouldn't be listening to anything I'm just going to read you later notes. I'm sorry, while we're here. <laughs> Another note. Uh, Julie, she has no characteristics. Billy is a useless piece of shit. <laughs> This is great. Oh, and the um, soliloquy, um, the soliloquy, which is a famous thing, I said Hammerstein needs to cool out on songs about Bill. Because there's the song Bill from Showboat, and then the song he's singing about his son, Bill. Um, yeah. These are great. Um, oh, yeah, oh, so the song Stonecutters Cut It On Stone, Woodcutters Cut It On Wood. Um, I- I'll play a little bit of it. I, it's, let's do that. Oh, if I can find it. <coughs> so at this point... <laughs> so the the evil villain has like attempted to like carry um, Julie's friend and Mr. Snow's wife off into the woods to like take advantage of her, and Mr. Snow saves her, but then is like upset at her for being involved in this situation, which isn't her fault. And then the evil villain um, sings a song about how like good men are no good, and you should never uh, like get involved with a good man. Jiggy oh, is that his name? Time. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Hey, Nettie. Nettie, when do we start that treasure hunt? Right now. Get your partners, two men each team. You got half an hour to find the treasure, and the winners can kiss any girls they like. What? Yeah, so what's not that, that about? No, not that. Really? So the, the winner of the treasure hunt gets to kiss any girl without her consent? I, we're not. We're just not here for this. Why? Yeah. I think we, I skipped the song. Good. Whatever, I don't care. Okay, I don't even care. Um, <laughs> yeah, so there's like a song where it's saying like, don't ever be with a good man, be with a bad man, bad men are better. Um, and then Julie comes back with a, a response song like, no, like bad men are bad. It's like, well, you're married to one, so you know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, just, I don't really know what the point of this show is. Um, maybe it's just like fun because people are wicked. Like maybe that's it. Maybe it's just like, oh, it's like a wicked time. But all these reviews that we're reading that are like, the show is full of light and joy. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's talk about the merits of the show a little bit. Okay. Um, like, not the, the story, but like the music. Because I guess one of the reasons people still love the show to this day, or at least like the show to this day, is that the music is very good. It's like Roger and Hammerstein, some of their best. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to play some of You'll Never Walk Alone, which is after Billy dies. Uh, Julie's cousin sings to her, like, you'll never walk alone, like, I guess, because, like, Billy will always be with you in spirit. And the song has actually been adopted by English football fans. What? Like, at English football matches, like, the whole audience, or the whole, not audience, the whole crowd will just... Uh, <laughs> We've ourselves <laughs> the, whole, the whole crowd will just sing this American song from Carousel, like, That's to their bizarre. English football. It's, like, very much, like, like, you football team will never walk alone. We, the supporters, were, like, a big collective... 
Um, I mean, English football fans are very serious. There's like a football hooliganism problem decades ago where like there'd be riots and death. If you look up English football hooliganism, you'll see it was like a very violent issue in England's past. But anyway, here's You'll Never Walk Alone, which is now an English anthem. We'll let it go to the end of the, yeah, the verse. Fine, yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, you can sort of hear the similarities between that song and Climb Every Mountain from, uh, from you know, what's it called? Sound of Music. Um, uh, so that's one song. And I'll play a snippet of another beautiful song. So one of the other things, there's a bench scene in the beginning of this. It's the scene where Julie and uh, Billy fall in love. And they're just sort of like walking around a bench. And in the stage version, it's like seven or ten or something like a lot a lot of minutes of just straight up singing and like um all of the dialogue is done sung like recitatives kind of like opera style but in the movie version they changed some of those recitatives to spoken dialogue but they still kept the core song if i loved you um which could be the most pretty song in the show so here's it Kind of hear like the similarities between this and like we kiss in a shadow from the king and i i was thinking also just the the song where they fall in love in oklahoma basically the same exact yeah. scene like uh i can't tell you that i'm falling in love with you but i am yeah the conditional yeah. love song which mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. uh that one book i have by that one guy who i've mentioned in previous <laughs> podcasts um i'll tell you his name in like a, well here uh do 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 Jeremy is getting the book do 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 Yes. Um so yeah, that's called the um, Jack Viertel from The Secret Life of the American Musical, which is a popular new book where he sort of talks about, you know, like the archetypical archetypal songs mm. um, in American musical theater. I've mentioned this book before, and he calls that the uh, conditional love song. And Rodgers and Hammerstein loved the conditional love song. 
Uh, they put it in like everything they did. Okay, I have a thought. Um, you have some notes I noticed in your notes um, about Louisa's ballet. Yeah. And I wanted to discuss that and also to think about that against the backdrop of Oklahoma. Yeah, so this was uh, choreographed by Agnes DeMille, who did mm -hmm. the ballet from Oklahoma, uh, where Laurie's dream, where Laurie was uh, trying to imagine what it would be like to be with Judd mm. um, and her, her deepest fears about that. This ballet is not an imaginary thing. It is um, trying to show us Billy is looking at his daughter from, from uh, purgatory and looking what her, at her life is like. And we see Louise's life in a ballet where, you know, like another, like everyone's picking on her and making fun of her. And then another carousel comes into town and she like tries to fall in love with a boy who's very uh, Billy Bigelow like in that thing. But he eventually like turns her away because she's too young. She's only 15. Mm -hmm. Um... And I thought that was the best part of the entire show. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I'm just interested in the uh, comparison. I think it also was the best part because it was uh, the most expressive, <laughs> I think. And we didn't have to deal with these characters in a reality. <laughs> Agreed. Um, should we... Uh, any more on that, or should we skip to the soliloquy, which is sort of the last no, part? No, let's talk about, about soliloquy. I mean, I um, think the dance speaks for itself. It's, it's worth checking out um, if you want to look at the film. That's one of the more yeah. beautiful moments. Um, the soliloquy is very interesting, and it um, it's basically once he figures out that Julie's pregnant, mm -hmm. he uh, starts thinking about... Um, like, he starts thinking about uh, the son he's going to have and how he's really excited about his son. Billy. This is uh, Billy we're talking about. Yeah, Billy's, like, excited to have a son. And then he has this realization, wait, it might not be a son. It might be a daughter who I have. And then he's, like, talking about how he wants to protect her. She wasn't talking about how he wanted to protect the son, just the daughter. Because, you know, mm -hmm. clearly he thinks women are less capable of handling their own biz. Um, but it's very good music. It's a long soliloquy, just, like, one guy singing. Um, <laughs> they put him on a beach in the movie. It was very pretty. Um, I'll play like the end of that because it's very good music. She has a few pink and white young fellers of two or three but my little girl gets hungry every night and she comes home to me. I gotta get ready before she comes. I gotta make certain that she won't be dragged up in slums with a lot of bums like me. Self-awareness. Sheltered and fed and dressed in the best that money can buy. I never knew how to get money, but I'll try, I'll try. I remember thinking, like, oh, good, he's gonna try to get money, so he'll take the job with Mr. Snow, right? No. 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 You, you were, you were, you were so close. <laughs> He was on the right track. Oh, uh, he tripped right at the finish line. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> he's like, I'll go out and make it. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, go out and make it, it. Or steal it or take it no. or die. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> That's you had it, and then you missed it entirely. <laughs> oh, God. Um, should we review this thing? I mean, yeah, let's just get down to it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so a carousel, y'all. Carousel. Uh-huh. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm interested to know how this revival goes, though. Um, I really am. Okay, so in terms say. of was it important? Okay, right. Was it important? Okay, um, I have a score in mind. <laughs> um, was I, it important? I'm going to say seven. I'm going to give it like a... Like a four and a half. Okay. I don't think it did anything to change um, the genre. Yeah, so I, I do agree it did nothing to change the genre. Here's why I'm giving it a seven. I gave Oklahoma a ten because Oklahoma is the most important musical of all time, I think. <laughs> and if you remember, Hammerstein already had done a super important musical, Showboat, and then immediately after Showboat was done, nobody kept up with it. Not even Hammerstein himself. Like, Broadway went exactly back to the way it was before Showboat came out. The same thing could have happened after Oklahoma, but instead of just letting musical theater go back to the way it was, Oscar, uh, Roger Hammerstein made a new musical almost every year in the Oklahoma mold and even like more integrated, uh, sort of preventing Broadway from going back to the old way because otherwise no one would be able to compete with a new integrated Roger Hammerstein musical every year unless everyone kept up. So mm-hmm. Carousel was them saying like, Oklahoma wasn't a one-hit wonder. We are here to stay, and this is us being here to stay. I hear that. Um... That makes sense. I hear that. Like, this was sort of an important um, stepping stone for them continuing the, the, the work, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, um, I would argue, I don't think it did anything to innovate past what Oklahoma had already done. Like, I think Oklahoma was the breakthrough moment. And while Carousel was like, yep, we're still doing that. Um, I don't think, like, the form itself was advanced no, significantly. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. The film is very beautiful, but the film is beautifully shot, is what yeah. I'm saying. Um, but that's also separate from uh, the production itself. Yeah, no, Han- yeah. Hannah's right. Um, I think I think what we both said is yeah. correct, and it's just a matter of which do, which do you mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Ve- like do when you make your scores. Right. Okay, was it good for its time? <sighs> so we're both I trying mean, to justify not giving it a good. I score. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Like, I'll give it like a. Was it good for its time? Like, actually answering that question. Like, yeah, like, we have to give it a good score. I was going to give it, like, an eight, too. Okay, <laughs> okay. We, we both gave it an eight. I, I mean, I eight. probably should give it a higher score. Whatever. It's We probably should. Like, for its time, um, it's Eight's a good. pretty good score. Yeah. It's more than, yeah. Okay, no, good. that's it. I'm not getting anything higher than an eight. Eight's a pretty good score. Um, okay. Yeah, and we already told you what the actual critics said, so that's that's why we gave it eights. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Um, oh, wait, but I have a really good quote. Um, oh, good. In, in the meantime, uh, think of your score of what you will give it All today. Right. Think I, about I what, what we would give it today. Um, I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. I mean, it's hard. You know, you know, guys, it's, it's hard. It's hard to score um, a musical like this because uh, of the place it holds historically and also, like, the knowledge of, uh, of the way it innovated at the time, right? But... Uh, given that we look at it today and it's just a giant turd. <laughs> yes, um, I'm giving it a one. <laughs> okay, really? Yeah, I'm giving it. I'm, I'm giving it a one, even Our though first I'm first one. Yeah. Wait, what did you give it? I, no, I don't know. I was. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, I'll give it like a. I don't know, a two and a half or a three. I don't okay, know. would you have to pick no, one? No, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Yeah, it's just a real piece of shit, but. Um, so here's actually... No, the music's really beautiful. The music's very beautiful. Uh, mm, uh, mm. Here, okay. Here's a quote for, to justify us not giving it like nines or tens for Was It Good? So it basically got all raves, except for this one <laughs> uh, review from the New York Post, uh, Willella Waldorf. She's the, yes. the only woman reviewer of, of these times. Is that true? Uh, at least like the only one who like is using this book. So Hannah, do you want to read... Oh, I'm definitely reading this. Do you want to okay. read Willella? Willella Waldorf of the Post. Carousel seemed to us a rather long evening. The Oklahoma formula is becoming a bit monotonous, and so are Miss DeMille's ballets. 
All right, go ahead and shoot. Thank you, Willella. <laughs> Amazing. And like she knew what she was saying was unpopular. She's yep. like, okay, like go ahead and shoot. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm not. Whatever. I'm not. I'm not uh, backing down. Yeah. So the fact that she didn't like it, I think, justifies That's us. That's good. Thanks, uh, Willella. A true, um, a true hero. You know, actually, I had originally wrote down seven for my score, and then I changed it to eight at the last second because there were such good critical reviews. No, I'm, come on. You can't retroactively do this. We have to establish this. You can't retroactively go back But after change. looking at Willella. Okay, the, no, okay no. fine. Okay, mm-hmm. you're, okay, fine, mm-hmm. fine, fine. Mm-hmm. Eight, fine, fine. Okay, so if we total our scores. So I gave it 16 total. Um, what's seven plus eight? 15. You gave it 15. Um, so together, that is 31. Uh, How does that compare? Um, it's it still, lowest? it's our second lowest. Oh, it's still, no. it's still being Porgy and Bess, I which mean, got a 26. 26. Yeah. Because uh, as we discussed last week, we gave Porgy and Bess such low scores for was it good that like, it's going to be really hard for that to not be last place. Right. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the metric that, uh, that sinks it. But Although so far, everything we've done, we've given it a good score for was it important because. Right. Because that's sort of the metric that we're choosing. Yeah. And, and, and because right now we're just doing like the like the seminal musicals that got us going. But eventually we're going to get into like the 50s and 60s and every musical is just going to be the same as every other musical. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we'll start giving low scores for Was It Good? And that's when we'll have the potential for like real bad scores. <laughs> so stay tuned for the uh, real dumps. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, here we are. Thanks um, for sticking with us. Yeah. So next week we've got Annie Got Your Gun, which oh, is... Oh, I'm uh, very excited about that. Yeah. I, I watched that... Um, couple years ago at Christmas time uh, with my girlfriend's family and other other than some like um more bad lessons of sexism and some like Native American racism other than that it's, other it's than a, that Mrs. Lincoln it's a fun <laughs> show God. America um yeah. all right we'll be back next week to talk about Annie Get Your Gun um yes so uh don't forget that you can get every episode of our show on your phone by subscribing to Broadway Binge on any podcast app. You can see pictures, episodes, and more on our website, broadwaybinge.podbean.com, and follow us on Twitter at Broadway underscore binge. We'd also appreciate if you could rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you all for listening to Broadway Binge, and we will see you next week for Annie Get Your Gun.